In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We often hear about people talking about feelings that they cannot put into words. Well, how about words that we cannot put into feelings? We say in our confessional, our sins are grievous unto us. The burden of them is, is intolerable. Let me ask you, are those words that you can put into feelings? Two of Jesus' original disciples that we find in this passion narrative that we just read felt the full force of sin. Their sins were grievous to them. The burden of their sins was intolerable. Each, in their own very personal way, felt remorse, guilt, pangs of conscience, sorrow, shame. The end of their lives, however, could not be more different. I'm speaking of Judas and Peter. May my words serve to glorify Jesus Christ. For by contrasting the lives of these two men, my only desire is that they might point us once again to the way to peace with God and life everlasting. First, Judas. The tragedy of Judas is one of the saddest stories of sin and perfidy in all of human history. Notice in our Good Friday reading, very beginning, verse 2, it is written, Now Judas, who betrayed Judas. And again in verse 5, Judas, who betrayed him. It is noticeable that in the list of the that the twelve disciples, when they give, when, the, when Matthew, Mark, and Luke give a list of the twelve disciples, Judas' name always comes last. And in every instance, attention is directed to him by the words, who also betrayed him, or as Luke puts it, who was also the traitor. What a designation, a terrible designation to stand for eternity. To say that Judas' conscience would later get the best of him would be a gross understatement. Matthew tells us the tragic end uh, to, the one, to this one-time disciple's life when he says that Judas, his betrayer, when he saw that he was condemned, he was remorseful and he brought back the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders and he said to them, I have sinned against innocent blood. And they said to him, what is that to us? See to it yourself. Translate it. You made your own bed. You made your bed. Now you lie in it. And throwing down the 30 pieces of silver in the temple, Judas departed and he went out and he hanged himself. And he was later buried in a place that. He was buried in a place that they later called the field of blood. And now Peter. There are similarities between Judas's betrayal and Peter's denial of Jesus. Jesus. Peter's, Peter's sin, his, 
His cowardly denial of Jesus is one of the most well-known ever recorded. And Luke tells us that when the cock crowed after Peter denied him for the third time, that he went out and he wept bitterly. Regret, remorse, shame, sorrow. To say that Peter's conscience was not bruised and bleeding would be also a gross understatement. But there was a great difference. Judas was remorseful, but he interiorized his guilt and he went out and he hanged himself. But the thing that Peter desired more than anything else was to be made right again with his Lord. We hear modern folks say that, well, you just have to learn to forgive yourself. Malarkey. Peter could have never forgiven himself. And what he needed more than anything else in the world was total forgiveness from his Lord Jesus Christ, who paid the price for his sins on the cross. And Peter heard the words preached to him the minute he gazed on those glorious scars. And he later wrote, Blessed is the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Judas could have experienced this too. But Judas, feeling unworthy as he was, expected nothing. He asked for nothing. And having no hope, he couldn't take it any longer. Well, let me tell you a short story. And some of you have heard this before. It was about 12 years ago. And our church sent a team of, of ministers, lay ministers, into a woman's prison, a part of Kairos prison ministry. And after three days of telling uh, the inmates that God loved them, on the last day an inmate came to one of our ministers and said, but I am not worthy of God's love, for she was doing time for some grievous sins. And our minister said, now, now, don't talk that way. Of course you're worthy of God's love. And the minister told me that the inmate walked away sadly. Because she knew she wasn't worthy of God's love. And on Monday morning, after the weekend, the minister came into my office and she said, Frank, I blew it, didn't I? And I said, well, yeah. She said, when the inmate said, I am not worthy, I should have said, well, I know you are not. But neither am I. And neither was Peter. Whom we now call St. Peter. Amazing love. In the words of Robert Capon, Jesus did not come to reward the rewardable and prove the improvable and correct the correctable. He came simply to be the resurrection and the life who will all take their place beneath, the, beneath his cross. So brothers and sisters, I feel called to ask you. When your sins are grievous to you, and when the burden of them really brings you down, where do you turn? Where does your broken soul turn? When you're plagued by the remembrance of things, where does your broken soul look? Uh, workshops and self-help book, books offering relief, they're, they're, they're much in vogue these days. But what we need 
instead is to be born anew to a living hope, as was St. Peter. We need to be forgiven and loved, even though we don't deserve it. And being loved when we don't deserve it is the most transforming power in the world. And being loved when we don't deserve it is the very essence of the Christian gospel. And remember always, Jesus did not say from the cross, it is finished, now I've done my part and you do your part and everything will be okay. He simply said, it is finished. Listen to the words of Joseph Hart in a poem that was written in 1750. Come, ye weary, heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you tarry till you're better, you'll never come at all. View him prostrate in the garden. On the ground you'll make a lice. On the bloody tree behold him, sinner, will not this suffice? Lo, the incarnate God ascended. Please the merit of his blood. Venture on him, venture holy. Let no other trust intrude. Let not conscience make you linger, not of fitness fondly dream. All the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. All the fitness he requireth is to feel your need of him. Is it really that simple? Oh, that it might be so this day that God would draw reluctant hearts. And now give doubting souls courage to believe this for Jesus' sake.